it's always worth the risk. And I think that's one thing that we could use some more of these days. We have long loved talking with artists one-on-one, getting to know the heart behind the music, and we continue that tradition here on the Green Room Door podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Trout. Thank you so much for spending this time with us, and uh, a little bit of housekeeping. UTR Media uh, is excited that Escape to the Lake 2018 is coming this summer. It's July 19th through the 21st in Cedar Lake, Indiana. We've already announced that uh, confirmed and coming this year. Andrew Osenga, Krista Wells, Royce Lovett, Brothers McClurg, Caroline Cobb, and about a half dozen others are already confirmed, and about a half dozen more will be announced later this month. So exciting stuff. You can get more information at escapetothelake.net. We have roster information, the dates, the schedule, the rates, and you can register right there online. Again, that's escapetothelake.net. Our first interview guest today is no stranger to Escape to the Lake, but we'll get back to that in just a second. Uh, One of the artists that I mentioned that's coming, Krista Wells, she has been an amazing community builder who has introduced UTR to a bunch of artists. We learned through her about artists like Jess Ray, Taylor Linhart, uh, Nicole Witt, and uh, Jessica Campbell. Jessica will be, um, we're going to be playing an interview with Jessica in the second half of the, of the show. But coming up in the first half, the guy who's been called the mascot of Escape to the Lake. He has a brand new album out. I got to talk to him just a few weeks ago when last time I was in Nashville. Yes, Mr. Nick Flora is our interview guest uh, on the show for the first half. Um, we're so excited that we had a chance to catch up with him. Um, and uh, his new album, Conversation Hearts, is fantastic. We'll be playing clips of that later on in the interview. Uh, this did not take place in a green room. In fact, uh, we got some breakfast and coffee and, and talked <laughs> for way longer than we thought we were. And then we did this interview in the parking lot in a parked car. Uh, and uh, I don't think we realized this at the time because we were just having fun in the conversation. But even though it was kind of cool outside, the sun was uh, turning our car into a, a mini oven. And I think it got to like 110 degrees. At least it felt that way inside the car before uh, we ended. And then when we said goodbye and opened up the car doors, it was like, whoosh, oh, you could feel the temperature change. So, yeah, good times. Let's let's dig into this conversation with Mr. Flora. Okay, so let me start out by um, uh, kind of borrowing something from you because um, while you have been on a little bit of a hiatus from your podcast, uh, it gives me an opportunity to ask you, what are some of your current favorites? Oh my gosh. Just in general? Yeah. Um, well, I, I that's a really good, that's a really interesting uh, question because... I'm in this phase of like producing instead of consuming. And so a lot of those things I have to take a second to think about. Um, 
I do. It's it's funny how like I will usually store up thing like music and stuff in the winter kind of thing. I'll just take 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 yeah. and and then just kind of at the end of that, I just feel ready to create because I'm so inspired by all that. Um, What's the last best movie you saw? Oh, the last best movie. I mean, Black Panther. Nice. I just saw and I loved. I just saw Get Out for the first time like a year later. I'm late to the bandwagon of that. I loved. Uh, there's a movie that came out last year that I watched over and over called The Big Sick mm-hmm. that I loved. Um, I think it is a completely unique like love story, and I've never seen anything like that. Anything that I, I was like, wow, I've never seen that story told or yeah. heard that point of view. I'm gonna be drawn to just because it kind of bends my brain in a different way. Um, so. Any anything like that, but those three are the ones that I keep going back to that have just I haven't stopped being able to think about. You know, yeah, yeah. Is that it? Anything else? Um, I have. Uh, man, it's it's the whole. Is this what it feels like to be on my podcast? <laughs> Put on the spot. It's <laughs> like, like oh, I don't know. I wish I would have thought about this. Um, I really, I'm I'm always tempted to just throw my friends in the mix, but it helps because I'm I have really talented friends, but I really love. Uh, Taylor Linhart's record mm, is yeah. incredible to me. The, the her latest record, um, I just keep going back to that. Uh, and then I really love this new. <laughs> I love this new Andrew Sanga album, <laughs> uh, <laughs> The Painted Desert. Um, and then I love uh, Krista Wells' Velveteen mm. is so beautiful. And that I've, I've only heard a few of them, but the Wild Harbor stuff is. Mm-hmm. is has been on repeat too i'm in this very fortunate place in my life where my friends may, are making some of my favorite music yeah. which is i'm i could not like smile harder when i when i realized <laughs> that because that has not always been the case <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's incredible all right so uh you have just released a new album conversation hearts um and first of all um what just take me through like what that feels like as far as the actual I, I I'm assuming there's some some fear and trepidation and maybe some anxiety and maybe some thrill that's involved with releasing an album to the public and just kind of putting it out into the world oh it's all of that and I think I think if it's not all those things mashed into one then it you're not doing it right because there is the the there's so much excitement because Writing songs can often be frustrating, especially if it's not doing what you wanted it to do. And so just the getting a song to where you want it to be and saying what you want it to say is within itself its own reward and excitement. And then then there's the fear of like, oh, is anybody going to care about this? First off, like, am I the only person that cares about this subject and this song or this vibe or whatever? And then the answer is always yes. There's, there's an audience for everybody. And any thought that we have... Uh, especially as a songwriter where we think we're the only people that think this is wrong. And the more honest you can be with yourself and the more like, I think I'm the only one that feels this way. I better keep this down deep inside. Like that's the stuff we should be writing from because so many other people feel that exact same way. And so for me specifically, that's where a lot of these songs came from, but also it is that there is that fear and that like, no, it's not even a fear. It's just a sort of white knuckling the, the steering wheel kind of thing. Like, I really hope that I did all the work that needed to be done to like relay my thoughts and feelings and experience. And there's, there's a song or two on the new 
uh, recording that I isn't doesn't come from me as much as things people have told me or like points of view that I tried to relay and because I never heard a song written from that point of view and so that's always that's even more daunting mm-hmm. it's even more daunting to think you know like oh I want to represent somebody well mm-hmm. and so understand you're just trying to be helpful when you say it'll happen someday see that's one thing you can't guarantee because not everything in life is meant to be so i'll stay forever alone you act like it's not for a lack of trying that i've been shooting too high or out of my league and just because we're selling something i ain't buying doesn't mean i don't same things so i'll answer all your cliches with some cliches of my own to make you think i'm not forever alone yeah it's all those things there is there is trepidation there is there were there are moments in time when i'm i'm like maybe these songs are just for me Maybe I don't need to put this out, and but I I pull the trigger anyway, and I mm. because I feel like you know that's not only being selfish, but also you're not giving yourself enough credit that maybe you're actually good at your job. Mm. <laughs> Do you have like a specific hope, um, like that these songs land a certain way? Like, what do you kind of hope? Um, is the feedback what do you hope people experience when especially with this new batch of songs like what do you what do you hope people are are feeling on the other side i mean more than anything i hope that people feel seen and heard and understood and less alone like Mm. i've had that experience so many times in my life and it it is part of the magic of music that you can hear somebody sing something that you've literally thought in your head and thought that maybe you're the only one who thought that or somebody captures an experience where you're like ah oh, that nails it 100% and or maybe reminds you of something that you've forgotten or and so I, I hope that this can be cuz so much of this of these new songs is comes from a place of vulnerability and I hope that people can hear that and the risk you take with vulnerability is that you'll get rejected or the mm. people, you know, yeah. but, I, but I have a good feeling just from, because the, a lot of the reason I call it conversation hearts is these songs are about love and all their different uh, facets, but they came from conversations that I had with, with people. And I, instead of like going internal and really digging into what was in my heart, which parts, part of that's there, but I, I went to people and I talked to them. I was like, I have this idea or what do you think about this? Or it just came up naturally. And I was like, I think that that, I don't, that needs to be a song. Like, I don't know why, but I feel like that needs to be a song. Um, and so I really hope that people hear them and feel, uh, seen or reminded of, of something that maybe that they've, let go of or started to let go of or yeah even even there's there you know i have i have hopes that maybe people are like you know what i am worth loving like Mm. i am i am worth being seen i am worth investing in and i've let go of myself in that and maybe in a relationship or a marriage and they're like you know they've cast themselves in a certain role 
Mm. And maybe like if they hear something, they one of these songs or a few of them, they can be reminded that they are like worth investing in and as as them, their true selves, not whatever they're trying to project. But yeah. So that's a that's a question that I can answer for an hour because I have so many <laughs> I have so many hopes of where this goes. But overall, yeah. if I can make people feel like hear a song and be like, oh, somebody out there feels the same way I do, and feel less alone for three and a half minutes, then then that's worth it. You yeah, know, that's that's the goal right there. Yeah, um, I I have kind of followed along the 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 making of this album, which I know you. I think you probably had the original intent that it released like a year ago. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and I think, uh, so tell us just like about the making of the album. Cause I think it kind of took on this unique life of its own. It did. And I had every intention of doing, you know, I did a crowdfunding thing and everything and I had a plan, but this goes back into, love doesn't matter <laughs> or love, <laughs> love doesn't not matter, but love doesn't care or like, but, but sometimes it's not even that it doesn't care. And, uh, it's, it's life in general, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of indifferent to your plans. And, yeah. and a lot of times you just, you really do have to, you can plan all you want, but it's, it, you know, uh, sometimes God has a different plan for you and you have mm-hmm. to roll with that. And for me, the last year was just a master class and <laughs> like just being on my knees, just like where, you know, like, I feel like if it's me and Buster Keaton, as far as Pratt falls go, because it's like, Mm. (laughs) like, I feel like I've just had so many, anytime I I get up again, like I fall over another chair or trip over a table or, and it's just one thing after another. And I lost, you know, family members and a relationship ended and friend, I lost friends. It was just a lot of loss. But within that, there was a lot of also a lot of, uh, meeting, amazing people and having like friendships and all these things come up, you know, when you go through trials and and through things where, and you think everybody's going to care that you're not meeting a release date, (laughs) it turns out people care if they matter, they care more that you're a person and that you, Mm. and that you're okay and that you feel supported and you feel loved. And, uh, that is what my year and, you know, has basically year, almost year and a half is, has uh has been and through all that it's been amazing to to make the commitment to do this thing that i committed to to write these songs and through that kind of be a little bit of an homage and also like here are the things i've not just learned but am learning as yeah. i go yeah and it, it's it's been a beautiful uh expression of of community and even in the heartbreak and the darkest night there's there's always if you've surrounded yourself with the right people, there will be people there to, to help hold the light in their, in your darkness. And, you know, and so there, there are songs on the album that are about the dark times and also about like the simple act. Like sometimes the biggest thing somebody can do for you is the simple act of just sitting there and and listening to you or just, just sitting there and being with, you know, making you feel less alone. And so, yeah, it's been, but I'm so in weirdly coming out of this year and it's still a little bit into like the transition period of all of the new that I'm in. It's very, it's been nice and extremely like I'm just overwhelmed, uh, with, with, uh, so many emotions, especially just gratefulness that, mm. that I have, you know, it's, it's nice to have confirmation that you've invited the right people into your life and over and over and over again. And that maybe you, you are that, that that is on all the self-loathing that comes with you know 
the hard times. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, what did, how did I, what did I do to get here? How did I let this happen? Mm-hmm. It's nice to know that you've also allowed really good people in who really do care about you. And, mm-hmm. and so yeah, plans don't go according to uh plan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know sometimes, but, uh, but I'm so glad that I am very grateful that like God has allowed me to live the life that I've lived. Um, so these songs can exist in the form that they exist in. Cause I think that they're important. They're important to me and I hope that they're important to other people. So yeah, even just specifically about the songs, like did, did, um, did you already have the songs in place or, um, did, did sort of this year, year and a half of, of, of just trial and difficulty actually force you to kind of go back to the drawing board? I absolutely had to. I had basically, I had songs re- ready to go, and they, but they, it, it felt like I was just doing an impression of what because I, I made the commitment to write songs, and I made a commitment to myself to make them about love. I was like, mm-hmm. what would that look like? And I thought it was going to be fun and quirky and like, you know, sweet. And I, I play a lot of weddings, so I was like, maybe I could use that and pitch them in weddings I play. And and it's funny how. I did the thing that I'm sort of talking about in these songs that actually came out because when you say I love you or when you actually like enter into that, um, it's no small thing. Like you're, you have to, and I want people to understand the gravity of the situation when they enter in and they say that they love somebody. Um, the love isn't just saying that those words is actually showing up and, which has been a part of my sort of like, I've, I've had other songs, you know, good enough. And these songs where I'm, I talk about that, um, but these these songs, it was sort of like <laughs> life was like, hang on a second. I know you think you have these songs covered, but there's a deeper level here. Um, and I scrapped every almost everything. Um, I think the only thing that remained was I wanted to open the the EP with a cover of Tonight You Belong to Me with Stacy, um, which we did on ukulele. But weirdly enough, that felt like the perfect way to open it because it's very like fun and you can bop your head to it. And then we get into the meat of the, of the, mm, yeah. of, of the whole thing. And I was like, I liked that That's at the beginning. So that was the only thing that, that maintained from the original vision. Uh, but the rest of it was just lessons learned by having tons and tons of conversations with all sorts of people from everybody from like my closest friends and family to new friends that I made, um, to like, I drive for Uber sometimes and I have these conversations with the Uber passengers yeah. <laughs> about different aspects of love and like things that, you know, it's, it's just, an, there's a reason that it's the most written about subject. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes I feel like it doesn't go new. It's not nuanced enough in pop music and different types of music. The really truly like all the different levels right. and all the different aspects. And so I tried to write these love songs about things that had never really been, never had songs written about them before. Yeah. Yeah, so um the uh the your one song is it called 813? 831. 831. Yeah, close enough. I got my my backwards version of uh <laughs> 831. So uh it's sort of like this I don't know folk rock opera um of of a of a story and and uh I I've seen just um that song already in in this in these first few days the album has been out already connecting and resonating with people mm-hmm. um just um can you share you know just about um kind of that that song and kind of what it means to you 
I mean, that song is essentially, I knew at the end of, of these songs, I wanted to write one that it was like, okay, what have we learned here? Sort mm. of, sort of an epilogue. Yeah. Um, and for me, it really was, you know, going through, uh, this year of struggle and losing people and like losing people through death, losing people because relationships ended actual like friendships with people that told me they would always be there for me. You know, they told me they couldn't be there anymore, you know, and I, and it's hurtful for sure. Yeah. And it, and it's hard not to take it personally, but it's also, that's the risk you enter into when you, when you say you love somebody and, and it really is what best case scenario, um, you're married to somebody for, you know, 40, 50, 60 plus years and you still are going to lose that person or they are going to lose you. Like there's, you know, and I think there's something beautiful in that. I haven't really figured out how to talk about it yet mm. without it being completely a bummer. But I find something very, very beautiful about just completely investing your life and intertwining your story with another person. And and, and it's not just marriage, it's, it's friendships and community too. And truly saying like, no matter what you go through, I want to stand by you. And I'm not always going to agree with you. And I'm going to be confused a lot, but also like you're a person worth investing in. And let's weave our stories together. So when you love with your whole heart, give them the knife that can cut you apart. And instead pray they'll take you and carve out a place Safe. You must ask yourself this if love is worth the I wanted to have this sort of vignette painting of a of a song that just kinda laid it out. Because if you lay it out to the practical mind, it in, in, even to our sort of like lizard brains of like fight or flight are sort of caveman tendencies to be like no that seems terrible like I'm gonna get hurt uh, you know if I if I injury into any kind of relationship with anybody you're gonna like I don't want to risk getting hurt my feelings hurt getting physically hurt whatever it might be um, but you always the, the greater the risk the greater the reward and I feel like the more that you enter into relationships specifically romantic ones and marriage um, you're gonna hurt each other's feelings a lot and you're going to let each other down a lot, but you're also have the, you get to show people and you get to show each other that your love is greater than, than the letdown and over and over again. And then you're, you can be stronger and then, you know, and even if it ends, whether it's earlier than you wanted or whatever it might be, I, I just wanted to showcase that it's always worth the risk. And I think that's one thing that we could use some more of these days is people actually taking risks with each other and just helping us feel that we are loved and seen and understood and our stories are heard and that we're valued because we all are, we're all in this together. We're all on this planet together. And we, you know, we all come from the same place, whether we like it or not, (laughs) we look different or not. And we all deserve the same things. Yeah. All right. My last question is just about the, the sort of making of the album. Um, what, uh, what were some of the fun facts about, you know, kind of who you recorded with, um, where, you know, how did it all come together? Um, just the making of process. Well, it was produced by Andrew Osanga, who I've, I've recorded three albums with at this point. And, uh, him and I just have, we, we always seem to land on the same page with things. Like we'll, we'll meet up after not hanging out for a few months and realize that we've been listening to the same albums and we're into the same stuff. And, um, and so this time around he had just got done making a really like, 
I don't want to say a smaller album, but production-wise, it's very stripped down, and it just kind of lets the song shine through. And I wanted to do the same thing. I came around independently around that. I wanted to make something that was just guitar and piano and vocals for the most part, and maybe some other, you know, stuff thrown in. And he he had just got done doing that with his with his own album and was like, I'm in that zone. Let's do it. And so when we got in there, it was just so easy. And we just didn't second guess ourselves. We just, it was, it's a, it's an album that is made completely from gut and, you know, it, it's a kind of shocking how fast it came about. And like, I literally was mining people for songs like on Facebook, like asking their experience for different things and they were chiming in and then I would write the song that night and then we'd record it like the next week. And then it was, you know, it was very quick. Uh, and I'm so glad it was too, because we were trying to capture moments and feelings and, we did just didn't overthink things. And, uh, as far as the production goes, I overthought everything when writing <laughs> these songs. Um, but there's a lot of that going on, which I think is, I think some albums need to be meticulously combed through and everything needs to be well thought out. And some things you just need to, it needs to be full heart and full feeling. And that is what this was. And I, I, I hope, and I think that it really comes across for me from a personal standpoint, when I listen to it, I hear my heart and I hear like, just the vulnerability and the honesty and everything that I really tried desperately to have come through. And so from a personal standpoint, I'm so extremely proud of these songs and I just, you know, and I hope that that, that comes across and Andrew Senga is a, is just a giant among men just as a person, but as far as like a producer and a collaborator, he knows when there needs to be silence. He knows when there needs to be space. He's not worried about, you know, he's not worried about time. The songs will take the time that they take to, to unfold. And he's so, he's so incredibly patient and encouraging. And, uh, yeah. And I feel like that all, like these songs would not exist in their form if it wasn't for his, his guiding hand. And I can't thank him enough. Yeah. So if people want to, uh, hear you play these songs live, right. Um, uh, I assume that you are willing and able to, come and perform in folks cafes and living rooms and churches and wherever folks will have you. Yeah. I've definitely, um, played anywhere where you can hear live music. (laughs) So, and I'm, I'm not stopping now. So I took, I mean, the last year I took a lot of time off the road and I'm, I could be more excited to get back out there. And I, I've already started at the beginning of this year playing shows, but a lot of house shows, a lot of colleges. Yeah. Anywhere uh, music can be played. How can folks invite you? I mean, I am basically on everything that you can have an account <laughs> on. So, uh, <laughs> my space is my number one, no, just <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, nickflora.com is my website, but also, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those ways. So, you know, and I'm the, the album is on all my music is on everything that you can get music from. I've made it very hard to escape me. So, <laughs> It's great. <laughs> thanks for the time, man. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yes. Ah, uh, one of my favorite people ever on the planet. Just to hang with, to talk with, to uh, spend time with, to listen to music with, to uh, professionally interview Mr. Nick Flora. Ah, what a great guy. Um, He has encouraged me personally time and time again, has encouraged UTR Media and our big event, Escape to the Lake, to continue on when when we would hit hurdles and road bumps. And he's just been a real great source of encouragement and 
fortitude and um, perspective. And it's been interesting too because um, uh, you know we haven't had necessarily exactly similar paths, but um, we have our stories have weaved together in a variety of ways. We've had some successes at the same time. We've gotten to do some work together on some things, and, and we've uh, had difficult stretches of time and difficult years together, sometimes different circumstances, but still it's so neat how God kind of weaves us together for encouragement and for support. And it's just exactly what his album is all about. And just to recap, that EP is called Conversation Hearts. It just came out last month. Um, and like Nick said, it's available on streaming platforms as well. You could buy it and download it on iTunes, and it is totally worth getting. Uh, great addition to your music collection. Just good stuff from Nick. And I intentionally did not mention this earlier, but of course, Nick Flora is coming to Escape to the Lake 2018, which is this July in Northwest Indiana. Um, he's been there every single year. We can't imagine the event without him. And he'll be uh, a big part of the event. He'll even be doing a live podcast during the event. So I hope you can make it. All the information is at escapetothelake.net. We'll be chatting with Nashville singer-songwriter Jessica Campbell. Woo! So good. It's coming up next, right here on Green Room Door. This UTR Media production is sponsored by Resonate. Hi, this is singer-songwriter Brianna Gaither, and alongside my music, I am also the founder and director of Resonate, a community that connects and equips Christian creatives to grow and build each other up. This isn't just a group for the vocationally creative, but this is an invitation to all of us because we believe that each human carries a unique creative gift from God that the world would not be the same without. Our website is ResonateCampaign.com, and there you'll find some helpful resources like a Bible app reading plan, a 13-week creativity school, our online community, and a full-length documentary our team created on the theology of creativity. For a limited time, if you're one of the first 100 people to use the code UTR, you will get 50% off your purchase of the documentary. So again, the resources and documentary are at ResonateCampaign.com. Not much can pull me away from Twitter, but believe me, this has. What a great time to be an American. And what I'm about to tell you could be very, very good for you, believe me. My dear friends at UTR Media, such classy folks, they are giving away an iPad Mini. That's right. This is huge. Maybe the biggest contest ever. They say there's no such thing as a free lunch. Wrong. Because an iPad mini is much, much better than lunch. Much better. And it could be yours for nada, zilch, nothing. Smart people like me will enter the contest now at utrmedia.org. Trust me, this is a winner. Check out the classy website, utrmedia.org. And I mean classy, really, really classy. Thanks to our podcast sponsor, Old Bear Studio. If you're an indie Christian artist looking for a home, 
a place where the mixers, the engineers, the producers, the musicians care about you as a person, as an artist, and the music you're creating. A place that thinks differently and creatively about how to make a record using analog principles with the latest technology. A place that doesn't just care about your cash, they care about you and the, and the art you're making and, and will work within your tight budget. Yes, that is music to an indie artist's ears. They would love to invite you to come make the trek to beautiful upstate New York and make your next record at Old Bear Studio. And their full service, they can help you with photo shoots, album artwork, even music videos. Start by filling out the short questionnaire at oldbearstudio.com. And while you're there, you can check out some of the albums that they've made and watch one of the episodes in the Harmonized Sounds video series. Once again, that's oldbearstudio.com. Welcome back to Green Room Door. Uh, this is a production of UTR Media. And some of you know that our history goes way back. In fact, we have a 10-year-old history known as Under the Radar. And uh, uh, way back, uh, oh, you know, about four years ago, uh, this organization belonged. Uh, it was sort of birthed and developed under a different parent organization called Reframe Media. And uh, I got to meet Jessica Campbell in some of my final weeks at that organization. Um, we met in September of 2014. We did uh, an interview. And, and then, I, sadly, I will always remember her and that interview for one specific reason. Um, uh, we, we sort of took uh, an episode of Under the Radar with some songs and interview clips with Jessica Campbell as the VIP guest. Uh, we, we aired that in mid-October. And then... Uh, on October 14th, I was shown the door. Um, there was a budget crisis at Reframe Media. They had to reshuffle some things, which meant under the radar was cut. My job was cut. It sounds like a really sad story, but we all know that the story wasn't over at that point and that God had a, a bigger and bolder plan for me and for this ministry. And we were able to relaunch as an independent nonprofit. And here we are today as UTR Media. So, uh, we continue to grow and thrive, and we are just grateful for God for the path that he chose for us. Even though uh, at times it was confusing and it didn't make sense, here we are. So I, I have direct memories and ties to Jessica Campbell because um, it was so closely linked to my final days back at Reframe. Um, now, we did play a few uh, interview clips back on that episode. This was still almost four years ago, so most of you have no clue. You didn't hear it, um, but we're going we're gonna to play even some, some of the interview that didn't air as well, weave that in. Uh, you're going to love getting to know Jessica. We'll, we'll weave in some of her music, too, which I know <laughs> you'll love as well. Um, so let's dive right into this classic interview back from September 2014, here is our conversation with Jessica Campbell. When did you first know that you wanted to do music as a career? Ooh, okay. Um, well, I had to make a pretty definitive decision when I 
went into college um, because I wanted to study journalism and I wanted to study mass communications, but yet I was still singing and I was doing a lot of performing. And so <clears throat> I had, I couldn't do both. So I had to kind of make a choice. All right, what am I going to study in school? And that really influenced the path that I, you know, that I started learning and growing. Um, and so when I, so that was one step. The second step was when I finished college and I was like, it's go time. What, what am I going to do? What am I going to spend my time pursuing? And um, I just, I took some part-time jobs and I, you know, started trying to figure it out. And so in 2006, when I moved back to Nashville and started just trying to get my feet wet in all the areas of, um, of creating and writing and recording, um, that was like when I, when I really made the decision to, to go for this. Awesome. So tell me about how excited you are to release the album three. Three. <laughs> I'm so excited. I, every album is so different. Um, the songs that you have to pick from, the people you're writing with, the producers, the musicians, everything's so different. So putting together an album is what I like to compare to um, planning a wedding because there are all these pieces and all these different people that play a part in putting this one thing and one event together and um and so you never really know how it's going to turn out um just the recording process is very interesting because you know i bring these songs to my producer that are their work tapes their guitar versions they're the first version of the song which may need some tweaking and um and they don't have drums on them and they are they probably need some lyric rewrites so um, what I love is working with a producer who has a vision, who can catch a vision on a song just based on those simple versions. And then through the, the long recording process of tracking and bringing in the band and figuring out the arrangement and, you know, how are we going to approach this song musically? Um, you just never know how it's going to turn out. And that's like the really fun part about recording and, uh, and making an album is we're kind of all in it together, and uh, and it tur- you know it turns out how it turns out. So I'm excited about these new songs because, you know, I've, I've been writing for a publishing company for a little while, so I have a, a lot of songs to choose from. But, um, you know, I really record the songs that mean the most and speak the most to me. So um, I love these songs, and I love the way the recordings turned out. So I'm really proud of it. Awesome. So did you, in the, in the making of three, did you have any sort of overall goals that you wanted to accomplish, either musically or thematically with the project? I knew when we were picking songs for this album, I knew there was going to be a little more material that was about dreaming and that was about being kind of where I am right now in my career, which I just turned 33. So, um, you know, 
I mean, there's different ways to look at it, but I'm kind of older for, you know, a record major record label type artist. Um, and um, one thing that's really easy to do when you're working on a new album is to look back to, at your old album and say, well, I, want, I love that song so much. I want one of those mm -hmm. again. But that's just not going to happen because, you know, all the songs are different and they come from a different place. So I knew the album would be a little bit more about you know, the career and the kind of the real life um, pursuing your dreams um, perspective that brought a little bit of a different theme than from the last album. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, I knew I wanted to make musically a little more uh, of a brighter album. Um, I knew we had some really neat melodies in the with the work tapes and the things that I had written. So I wanted to, um, to just to bring that bright, kind of brighter, fun, upbeat side back. Cause I feel like, um, my second album, it had, it had pieces of that, but I think overall it was a little bit more, um, of a melancholy album compared to my first one. So, uh, I definitely wanted to, to speed things up a little bit and bring, um, some different hooks and melodies to this album. Good. Uh, so, Speaking of upbeat, uh, tell me about the song Doesn't Get Better Than This. <laughs> well, that song is the only one that I wrote by myself on the album. Um, that one is actually a really interesting song, especially in the recording process. That one was totally different than the others. I only had the chorus for that song when we started recording. And usually, you know, independent artists, like we don't have extra, we don't have an extra budget to record other songs or we don't have a lot of time to write songs in the studio like you know we pretty much have to be on top of our game when once we go in and we hire someone and we you know start tracking all this kind of thing so this was the only song that I didn't have finished um which made me really nervous but um, my producer Kaysen he loved the song he loved the chorus and he loved the direction um uh, where it was going musically so I just committed to finishing it and did a few rewrites as we um as we recorded the verses and stuff, because that was the last part for me to write. of that song just came out of this moment where I was like, oh, this is, this moment that I'm in is so incredible. I can't explain it. And then, you know, I had this melody. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is kind of neat how it's working out. And then when I wrote the verses, I'm like, okay, how can I build a little story mm. around um, what I'm trying to, mm -hmm. you know, exert in the chorus? So, yeah. Very cool. All right. So are there any um, new songs that you're just sort of extra excited for the public to hear? Oh, man. Well, I, gosh, I actually uh, really uh, have a strong affection for the song Losing Your Mind. And uh, it's just, it really speaks to me so much about um, about where I am and, you know, following your dreams and deciding to just go for it, even though things may not make sense. Um, so I am really excited about that one. And then also um, the song Lose, um, the song Lennon and McCartney Lied, which uh, a lot of people have wanted to hear that song just based on the title alone. But that was a really fun song to write. And 
we, uh, my friend Walker and I, we wrote that song from like the most lighthearted place. And when I took the song to Kaysen, uh, my producer, he was like, I don't know. He's such a um, uh, Lennon and McCartney fan. He's a big, huge <laughs> Beatles fan. So he was just like, I don't know if I can record this song because I like I don't know that I'm, I'm okay with you saying that they're liars. And I'm like, but we're I mean, <laughs> but we're not like it didn't come from that place. It came from the place where you know you're listening to this song and it doesn't. It says all you need is love, but at the time it's like it doesn't resonate with me, and so um, so that's where that's where the song was born. That the idea was born, but um, I also musically really like that song. It's just interesting the chord structure and the way that the melodies work. It's it's got some really loud, loud snaps on it, <laughs> and uh, it's got some groove to it. So so yeah, I'm excited about people hearing that one. Nice. Um, so you referenced uh, the last album. So tell me just a little bit about. The anchor in the sail, and you know, just kind of your your synopsis of sort of that whole project. Yeah, that's all. The that album was uh, it was a really fun time for me to record that one because I had been writing songs for a little over two years, so I had a lot of songs to choose from. That's that album. Um, there were over a hundred songs that we had to choose from for that album. And that's more than I'd ever had before, um, which made the decision process, making the decision of what to actually put on the album was hard. But, um, but that, that album is, um, it's really more of a album about relationships. And there are some very real moments for me, uh, in that album. Then the song gone is one that I'm, um, really connected to. And then um, the anchor in the sail. It's just a. It's a different. Um, it's a song coming from a different perspective in a relationship where you realize that you're the person that actually may be the one that needs to let go. And um, so I think that one for me, the writing for that, or the the writing and the lyrics of that album um, are some of the best that I have in my catalog. There was a time we swore that we would never settle down. Young and crazy, you and me, freer than the open seas. I never thought I'd be the one to ever let you go. It'll break my heart to watch you but that's how this has to be. But what if I am the anchor and you are? You're obviously making music that, you know, is not necessarily, you know, it's not created for the church. It's created for, you know, people well outside the four walls of the church, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so um, and it's very accessible music. So how do you see your your faith kind of playing out uh, as, a, as a role in your music? Well, I, I back a while ago, I actually um, d- did some recordings of, of Christian songs that I had written, and I played a lot of churches. And at the same time, I was playing venues in Nashville, and I was, you know, writing other music that wasn't specifically Christian. Um, and I was, I found myself being surrounded by people that 
I wouldn't usually be surrounded by. Um, you know, as as Christians, we um, can sometimes just, you know, um, surround ourselves with people who are like us. And so I was um, coming into contact and building relationships and having conversations with people that I, you know, just wouldn't find myself in a circle with, which I really loved and um, and felt inspired by some of those conversations. And so I kind of continued to, you know, write music that wasn't specifically Christian. I'm a Christian and that's, you know, where a lot of my songs, you know, that's that's a, a big part of where my writing comes from. Um, but I found myself being surrounded by people that just were outside of my circle and um, that that I could, you know, share faith with and talk about hope with. And so that's what I really love about um, just having songs that are a little more open-ended. You find yourself in conversations and hanging out with people that, um, you know, may not fit the specific circle of believers, but um, they're interested and they they also find hope um, in the songs as well. So I see that door opening, um, you know, more frequently than I did when I, you know, only played churches and um, and tried to just stay in that one kind of vein. I found myself interacting with um, with people that are beautiful and are curious and have questions and stuff. So, so I found that to really um, just open a lot of doors for me in the faith in the faith community in the faith conversation. Um, last question for you: What advice would you pass along to? Um, like DIY artists that are listening to the show and maybe just kind of on the first steps of starting in in a music career? What would be your words of advice? Um, Well, I would say, first of all, um, just uh, try to, if if you're a writer or if you're a performer or or if you're a musician, try to be intentional about spending a regular amount of time each week on your craft. So whether that's um, keeping a, you know, two hour a day writing schedule or two hour a day um, rehearsal schedule, like however you can um, just get on a regular kind of schedule and hold yourself to that. I think that's super important because a a DIY artist has a lot of things going on. There are a lot of plates to spin. There's booking, there's um, recording, there's releasing albums, there's writing them, there's, you know, all these things. And so, um, you know, really being committed to the craft and just continuing to grow your skill, I think is really important um, because we have so many other things going on that can easily distract us from that one thing, which I think is one of the most important. Um, Also, I try to encourage people to start small, play venues in your hometown, play venues um, that are, you know, a, a good place. You can try new songs, you can grow, you can, you know, fall flat on your face and still, um, you know, get up and do it, do another gig or another round or another song, um, because those are so important. You know, they prepare you for when you step into a larger scene or when you play for larger audiences, when you get to a bigger stage, you've kind of worked out some of your greenness and your kinks by, you know, playing maybe a smaller coffee shop or playing open mics or playing for your family or doing house concerts where you can try new songs. You can really get your feet wet doing that. Cause I think, you know, you don't want to you don't want to step up to that bigger stage or that bigger audience and uh, be unprepared in those ways. Um, I also just uh, want to would really love to encourage people that um, you know just just really trying and getting out there and putting your best foot forward is so important because you know I think we as artists a lot of times we have a lot of fear we have a lot of self doubt 
And um, so just I would just say, you know, find ways to um, to keep your courage up and to be encouraged, um, you know, to just keep trying. And every what's what's so tricky um, for me that I found is like every gig that I play is different. Some of them are amazing and great and, and awesome and some of them aren't. And, you know, if I if I ride that emotional roller coaster. I usually find myself in a in a kind of bad place, just you know, mentally and spiritually and emotionally, because I, you know, it's easy for us to ride ride that wave. But it's you know, if you can just be confident in what you do and have um, you know have assurance that you're going to make it through and you're going to you know get through those new songs and get to the next gig, then it usually helps with like that emotional roller coaster from great gig to bad gig, great you know. Because I feel like we all experience that in the performing world. Um, and also, I would just, uh, another piece of advice would be, you know, f- find uh, music that you really love, that moves you, that uh, inspires you. And, you know, look on the liner notes who produced that song, who recorded that, who was the engineer, who um, played drums on that song. You know, all those things um, are really important. And then try to connect with those people, um, you know. Try to see if you can sit down and, you know, buy a producer coffee and, you know, pick their brain about uh, how they feel about music and how they do, how they go through their process. Um, and I think what's really cool is that, um, you know, sometimes people really seem you know, inaccessible, but I, I think, you know, through a little bit of effort and email and, you know, friend to a friend, you can uh, kind of come in contact with people that are making music that inspires you. So that's another way I would encourage people to just get out there and learn more about it. And that'll improve, um, you know, that'll improve you. And then it will, it'll also, uh, you know, give that producer or that musician a little ego boost as well. (laughs) That somebody's appreciating their music. So, yeah. That's good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the Cherry 7 Up. You bet. This is, I've missed this. Cherry (laughs) 7 Up. Forgot about it. Loved it. Forgot about it, but still am partaking of it. So thank you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so great. I just, I loved uh, revisiting that myself. Um, and if this is the first time you've heard it, uh, wasn't that fantastic? I love good music made by good people. And Jessica Campbell for sure checks off both of those boxes. Now, uh, this interview was done back in 2014, so almost four years have passed. And to be honest, I've, I've only kind of uh, touched base a couple of times in those four years with Jessica. So I know a little bit about what's going on in her life, but not a ton. So I just emailed her today and said, we're about to release this you know, interview we did. Remember the one we did four years ago? Uh, we're going to kind of air the whole thing and on Green Room Door. Now, I would love to do kind of a where are they now segment at the end. Can you give us an update? Uh, and it's been really cool to um, to talk with her and I learned some things and God has really given her a couple of unique different and fun paths that are really transformational, life-changing kind of things. One is a huge vocational change. She really has put her indie pop music career on hold because she felt called to uh, become the music director of her local church, Emmanuel Nashville, um, which allows her to be closer to home. She doesn't have to travel as much. 
and it's really she just feels God using her and she loves the team that she's working with it's uh, very cool to see that change in her life um, the second one is which she easily calls the best change ever in her life um, is entering into the phase of motherhood and I knew that she had a baby about two and a half years ago named Rivers but I didn't know this. She just had a second baby girl named Jewel. Jewel was born just five months ago. So, ah, what heartwarming updates from Jessica Campbell. How great is that? Um, You can find her music. She has three albums out. Get it on iTunes. You can look at her website, jessicacampbellmusic.com. And don't forget, Nick mentioned his own website, but it's nickflora.com if you want to check out his music. Wow, I just love putting together this show. Oh, so much fun. I hope you enjoyed learning more about the artists, about their music. Hope you're ready to dive deep with them. And uh, if you want to learn more info about this show, about what you're hearing, you can go to our website, utrmedia.org. You can get information about Green Room Door or our sister podcast, which is um, the Gourmet Music Podcast, Good Patron, and Release Date. And all of those podcasts are available on iTunes and Stitcher as well. I'm Dave Trout. I'll talk to you again next time on the next Green Room Door, which is a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Chicago, Illinois, and online at utrmedia.org.